3: you built a
4: time machine Kind of a DeLorean? This is the Stupid Cancer
2: Show. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Because he has a lot of chutzpah. <laughs>
4: People
0: seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And
4: now the hosts
0: of the stupid
4: cancer show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zeppelin. Doesn't there's
1: anything wrong with (laughs) us? Oh
4: yeah. (laughs)
1: Monday, September 24th, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. My name is Matthew Zachary, and I am a 16-year survivor of pediatric brain cancer.
2: And I'm Lisa Bernhard, and I am a, yes, 17-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show. It's not okay. It's not okay. That's... (laughs) Right,
1: the show's ruined. Sorry. It's not okay that 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer each and every year. So, got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? Time to get busy leaving, folks, because the Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world one chemo infusion at a time.
2: Tonight's show Stupid Thyroid Cancer. Joining us, our good friend Joanna is Bill. She's a young adult survivor of thyroid cancer, and she is vice president of business development and a columnist for Dear Thyroid. Cherry Wunderlich, adult, young adult survivor of thyroid cancer as well, Director of Publications and Outreach for PSYCA. Gary Bloom, the Executive Director of PsychA, and they're going to tell us all about what that is. And kicking it off in our Survivor Spotlight, Lily Mulcahy. She is what is else, Matthew, but a young adult survivor of thyroid cancer.
1: I'm getting a theme here.
2: You, you are, yes. We're
1: running consistency. Funny and, how we do that. Yes. Anyway, the Stupid Cancer Show is a production of Stupid Cancer. Online at stupidcancer.org, 24-7, 365. We have the largest support community for the young adult cancer movement. So welcome aboard. Another fun and exciting romp through the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure and
2: survivorship is all that matters. And a Stupid Cancer, welcome to any and all of our first-time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes as we broadcast all the way live from the Keybone Deck, our fabulous studio, In New York City. And don't forget about the live chat room.
1: If you're tuning in right now, go to the uh, stupidcancershow.org and join the live chat.
2: I'm going to do that right now, Matthew. I think you should. I'm going to join that live chat.
1: Our self-ingratiating applause, notwithstanding. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hello, Matthew. Hello, Kenny Kane. What is up? That's a nice shirt. What's the sound on it? It actually says Stupid Cancer, Stupid
2: Kansas yeah. Stupid D- no. Cancer, Stupid Excuse
5: cancer. me, does your shirt say stupid dancer?
1: <laughs> Someone said that, didn't they?
5: Yeah, uh, I get it all the time.
1: Really? Stupid dancer?
2: It says tiny dancer. Hold oh, me close. No, never
1: mind. Oh boy. That was horrible. That was. We're gonna go off the air now. We just that. lost all of our non sponsors. <laughs> all right. We have we have, have a full house. We do. We like having audience people. But th-
2: what's exciting is we have a full house and they actually aren't our scheduled guests. Right. They're like added bonuses. They're groupies. Yeah. We, we, we like to think they're groupies. <laughs> yeah.
1: In my That's, mind, you're yes, all groupies. Right. In my mind. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we are joined by our brand new intern for the fall semester. Kenny, you may introduce because she uh, is under your watch. Uh-oh. We welcome Tame and Kim. Welcome
5: Tame to Tame and show. Kim.
2: Come on. Kenny, like this. We welcome Tame and Kim.
5: I'm, I'm jet-lagged.
3: Oh, nice to meet you.
5: Welcome to the. Yeah, uh, but we
2: have to, to tell Taman's story because she's come a long way. Or Taiman can tell. She's from Brooklyn. Story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are you from, Tayman?
4: Uh I'm from South Korea, and I was working as a radi- radiation oncologist in Korea. But I feel like I want to help cancer patients outside of the hospital, so I came to New York and find
6: non-profit. So Stupid Cancer was one of the best that I found. So oh.
2: this is amazing. We have a radiation oncologist here. From South Korea. So, how did you end up in New York? Um, sort of
1: a downgrade to our internship. Yeah.
4: Because in Korea, nonprofit is not a famous job and it's not very, like.
2: Not so much here either. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah. we
5: like to think
4: it is. Kick to the
2: curb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the <wrong> place. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Like I said, yeah. she'll be quitting in 10 minutes. No, I'm
5: glad no. that we came across as the best when in actuality we're the worst. <laughs>
2: Okay, well, I wouldn't say that. Kenny needs a... We're all a, bottom uh, feet. Yeah, <laughs> well, yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, that, no, but that's amazing. So you came here. So, the, so the non-profit, in all seriousness, the nonprofit world mm-hmm. is not really a great scene in South Korea, is what you're saying. Yeah, so I need. Leaning, lean in, pull the mic up to you so we can hear you loud and clear. Lean yeah. In. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So did you have... Was it some sort of program, or did you strike out on your own, or how did you actually get physically... I mean, I know there's planes, uh-huh. trains, and automobiles. You probably took a plane. Yeah. But, okay. I mean, how did you actually come about that you worked this out to come here?
4: Uh, there is a government scholarship program, so like Korean university students can come to USA and have an internship. Right. So
2: I had an interview in Korea, so I got a scholarship so I can come here. Excellent.
4: Yeah.
1: Very exciting.
5: Do so we
2: have yeah. like a really, like the smartest person in the house is our intern.
1: A radiation oncologist from from South Korea. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we're also joined by Max Philp. Hello, Max.
2: Hello. Hi, Max.
1: So what brings you here? What He bet also
2: did? sounds really, sorry, yeah. but he also sounds really smart. what no, I heard him say one of those, those guys that you office. just know
1: you're dumb around. I know. Yes. What brings you What bet did you lose that brought you here? <laughs>
2: uh, I didn't
1: really lose any bet. Um, I was...
2: Uh, Pull that mic in also, nice and close. Right. Eat it, as we say.
1: I've been uh, looking for an internship this semester, and, um, you know, I'm really into health, and uh, as a type 1 diabetic, I've, I've been affected uh, by a disease that I had no control over receiving. Also, I had an aunt that I'm very close to that was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer, and she's been a survivor for about five or six years now. Wow! Uh, So, uh, I've also done a lot of nonprofit work. I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, and um, I'm a sophomore at New York University. And so, we'll just see how this goes. Cool. We are a breeding ground for interns. We are. It would appear.
2: From South Korea to San Francisco,
1: and and now from Jersey, we're going downhill. Jersey in the house. <laughs> Karen Rain and Mark Jason uh, came to the organization for a visit today. Ken, do you want to tell the story?
5: Sure. So, Mark Jason has a wonderful photography initiative that he's taking uh, part in. Are we, to, are we allowed to say?
2: He's spearheading. He's a man. He's
5: spearheading in the lens. Free, free press. Uh, a yeah. Photography project. Uh, what's a good website? Mark, is it markjasonphotography.com? There you go.
1: Markjasonphotography.com. Check it out. And uh, Karen is a recent uh, young adult breast cancer survivor, type 1, uh, early detection, success story, phenomenal, amazing, inspiring woman, here tonight to join in the fun and uh, mock us from the couch.
2: And took part in a video for Komen, is that right, and a video that you guys did for uh, for Race for the Cure? Yes, that aired on CBS.
1: And she is probably one of the most well-spoken and intelligent people. We are being outshadowed here today by four brilliant people, and we're just like slugs on a rock.
2: As usual, we we dumb down the room when our <laughs> guests are here. Uh-oh. Well,
1: anyway, um, just to quickly uh, catch up this week, um, Kenny, you went down to Atlanta. I did. I
5: had the pleasure of going down to Noonan, Georgia,
1: which is hospital five out of six
5: for uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Very happy to represent Stupid Cancer there at the kickoff, which was phenomenal. It was very inspiring. It was... Just incredible,
1: so awesome, and we'll be going to visit the team,
5: yes, this we'll, friday we'll see them at the end of this week over in Chicago, which I guess is the headquarters, right that would make sense,
1: yeah, Schaumburg, Illinois is their headquarters, cancer treatment centers of America, Mazel tov. yes Gesundheit to me Hamburg I was in Boston uh since the show last week. I attended the Clinical business Expo, which was a c suite level conference. Um, of high-ranking CEOs, CFOs, CIOs, COOs in the clinical trials business. And apparently, I only found out afterwards, I was the only patient who spoke the entire three days, and I was the only human being who spoke that got an applause. So, Besides the one that you gave yourself. Besides the one I gave right. myself. Right, because my PowerPoint ends with applause in <laughs> audio.
0: The way our show
1: opens with our yeah. own
2: applause. Yeah, exactly. It's like a laugh track. We bring our own, we bring our own applause with us wherever we go. Yes. Uh, or, God knows we don't expect the rest of the room to.
1: And this concludes our broadcast. <laughs> oh, and,
5: and why are we so jet-lagged?
1: We were so jet-lagged because we were in San Diego for the fourth annual State Classy Awards where we were, we were regional finalists for health and well-being, and we 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 lost graciously lost uh, to an amazing charity i mean we won last year for most innovative use of social media yes. and yes it would have been nice to win and yes cliche it's nice to be nominated but the the charity that won i forget the name they they are i was really quite extraordinarily pleased with what they do they take recycled patio chairs and patio furniture and convert them into uh plastic wheelchairs for the crippled and the handicapped and the disfigured in African nations that have no health care.
5: Right. That's pretty,
2: that's pretty awesome. The, the
5: video showing these people who have formerly just crawling across streets
1: to get from right, like A to B. Right, like limbless, limbless warriors yeah. in African countries and children literally like butt crawling and hopping themselves across highways. And now and they, they have step mobility. In and now they have mobility. So just, uh, you, you're combining everything. Yeah. First of all, you're combining recycling Environmentalism, children, military wounded, African um, African issues, and um, and uh, and mobility. <laughs> and, uh, you got to
2: lose out to somebody. We some pets get, in
1: there somewhere, yeah, and then you get the full Monty.
2: They're a good choice.
1: No, really good. So congratulations to them. And uh, Kenny, you, Kenny, I, I think I was most impressed by your new friend Zach. Yes. So I, it was general admission for the the ceremony, and I had the the.
5: Awesome pleasure of sitting next to Zach Walls, W A H L S. If you remember correctly, he was the gentleman from Iowa whose video went viral on YouTube of him giving, was it the, 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 the,
1: the, the state's senate or something?
5: Yeah. He was talking about how being raised by two mothers had zero impact on his outcome. Uh, which is clearly that of presidential caliber. Yes. Based
1: on the video on and he wrote it. What was the name of the book? I have two moms, or my uh, two moms, or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
5: don't quote me on something like that.
1: But it, he, he's just a brilliant. He's 22, 23, and he, you could tell he's going to be he's, president when he's one day. 21. 21. He gave that
5: speech when he was 19. Yeah,
1: you can tell he's going to be president when so he's.
5: my two moms lessons of. Lessons of strength, love, and what makes a family.
2: Amazing awesome. guy,
1: and he's also like six foot six.
5: Yeah, he, wow. He, he uh, I was looking up to him. Yeah,
1: literally and figuratively. Yeah, really amazing stuff.
2: So I'm going to jump in here and just I want to thank these. Uh, yeah, this
1: big note. We want to talk about the self article. Lisa gets uber kudos, and I will give you the the big the big applause.
2: Well, I give the big applause to the women that took part uh, in this piece. Um, And I also give applause to Self Magazine because they emailed me saying, you know, every year in their October issue, they do what started as a breast cancer handbook. They've now broadened it to do a women's cancer handbook for all cancers. And they approached me asking if I would write a piece about the young adult movement and why the survival rates of young adults lag behind those in other age groups. So I was thrilled that they hit us right in our sweet spot wanted a piece on this topic. Wrote a, I wrote a piece for them, and uh, they wanted a lot of Survivor stories. And the Survivor stories, uh, the folks that I interviewed for the piece, a lot of them were actually woven through the original piece, but they were so such compelling stories that the editors just really took to the women who participated that they pulled them out and did individual sidebars on each of them, had the women each take photographs of themselves. Yes. Um, our chairman of our board, Lenny Sender, uh, quoted him in the piece along with Archie Blyer, kind of the godfather of the young adult movement. Indeed. And uh, anyway, so those who took part, uh, Allison Irwin, Emily Morrison, Alexandra Teachworth, Alyssa Thorner, Legaya Aly- uh, King, Christina Medina, Jill Harrison, Gemma Cabral, Jennifer Robbins, Lori Hinsberger, and Juliana Carvat. The unbelievable candor, I mean, we hear it every week on our show. Yes. But once again uh the unbelievable candor strength fortitude humor everything that just poured out of these women and you know i already knew a lot of these women knew their stories and once again i'm just blown away speaking with them and i again the editors itself i turned the piece in they read these stories They said we got to blow these stories out and flesh this out so it's in the current october issue that's on the newsstands now and it's also uh online we can throw up the link in the chat room if you guys haven't seen it because uh Again, I just applaud, and I, I'm really grateful to everybody who took part. I'm uh, grateful to have the you know the opportunity to to get the word out about young adult cancer and all that. You know, they all have stories of misdiagnoses. Yep. Two and three times, and you know, some just told, ah, you're you know, it's nothing. Take Xanax.
1: Come back later.
2: Yeah, take, you're fine. Take Xanax. Take, you know, you have eczema. You don't have Hodgkins. You have itchy skin. Here, take this for you know, all kinds of crazy, unfortunate stuff. But all these women are powerful and doing well. So. Uh, uh, check it out because you should really, um, it's its their stories that, that get all the applause.
1: Excellent. All right, and with that, let us bring out our Survivor Spotlight. Okay, Lillian o'cahy is a five-year metastatic papillary psych, uh, uh survivor, a recent grad, uh, actually a uh, long-term grad of Wheaton College, shares an, an auspicious birthday with me, May 29th, Uh fellow Gemini. She works, uh, has been working with stupid cancer for probably four or five years now. She has a thesis on stupid cancer in anthropology, which is amazing. And uh, she is a wine connoisseur. She loves health policy, financing. She's one of the smartest people I know. And, again, um, she just has my birthday and that's all that matters, right? Please welcome back, I think for the third time, to the Stupid Cancer center returning champion, Lily Mulcahy. Hello, Lily. Hi.
4: Welcome back. What's going
1: on?
4: How are you doing? Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, we love you. We love to have you back on the show.
4: Thanks. It's really fun.
1: (laughs) So so, so let's get right to it. Let's talk us, uh, I mean, your thyroid story is, is, you know, sort of breaks the mold of the stigma of what people think is the good cancer. And, you know, I'd love you to just talk about that journey because you were very young when this happened.
4: Yeah, I was 18. I, you know, I I got to college. I kind of was embarking on this. Path that I thought would just be this normal college thing, you know. I like, get there, I need to find a major, you know, make some new friends, and like by Thanksgiving break, I was so sick I couldn't get out of my bed. You know, I had mono so badly, just due to being completely weakened. I um I was diagnosed like over my Christmas break, and I had surgery in late January of that year. Now so I was 18, and I I. I think there was part of me that this is the worst thing that's ever happened and part of me that thought, this is no big deal, it's just going to
0: you know, be over
4: soon or something like that. And I um, I went in, I had surgery, and the whole thing turned out to be a lot more advanced and a lot more metastasized than we expected it to be. So it was a long surgery, and when I had a radioactive iodine to try to follow up on the surgery, that really, I'm just one of those people for whom that doesn't work. I think a lot of people have that experience. They don't tell you that... Radioactive iodine doesn't work for something like 25 or 30% of people who are given it. It doesn't affect my particular cancer at all. So I've just been kind of living with these tumors, and I feel that my health has been really good. Honestly, after the whole thing has shaken down, it's been almost like seven years since I was diagnosed, I think that I'm healthiest when I worry the least about it. (laughs) You know? Like, this is actually really funny. This is the story that I was thinking of when you invited me to come on the show, and I don't know if it's weird, but, you know, it's been so, it feels like so many years. I guess it's not that many. It feels like feels in the past now, but what's happening day to day is that, that concern that something bad is going to happen, you know, like when you think you're that person that something bad is going to happen to So here's the story. I haven't been to see my doctor in almost two years.
1: That's a mile am, going into itself,
4: I know well, it's pretty good, but it's actually because i skipped I skipped, you know, I just skipped out it's like I skipped school, <laughs> <laughs> terrible at having cancer. I'm sorry, so um you know I went and i had this is this this is the reason I was thinking of this story because I think a lot of people have this experience where you just get fed up with worrying about it, and something like thyroid cancer when it moves, it moves all of a sudden, you just Kind of get blindsided by it. That's how it happened to me in the first place. But now I'm just kind of waiting, watching, and I have been ever since my initial treatments were over. And, you know, that's the way it is. You kind of wait, you watch, you monitor. Just like so many people who have checkups yearly or bi yearly. I went in to have my annual CT scan. And when I was leaving after the CT, what I did is the thing that you should never do just turn around and look at the monitors, Yeah, you know, in the control room. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh,
2: yeah. I can oh, yeah. see
4: right in there, yeah. And then there was a student nurse that day, and the two nurses were looking at the screens, and they didn't notice me watching them, and I just stood there. I was transfixed. It just looked terrible. Mm. You know, this was two years ago. It looked awful. I was so afraid, and I was just beside myself. And a week later, I go to have my appointment with the doctor. I'm driving down there from Cape Cod. My car breaks down, right?
1: Because so I a range can't of get board. my
4: results. Yeah, on the way to the appointment, my car completely breaks down. It never drove again. <laughs> so I call the receptionist, and she says that she can't give me the results, and the doctor wants to see me in person, and stuff like that, so I'm getting more and more concerned, right? Finally, I get the letter in the mail that she insists on sending me. I open it up. It's like it's like I think the heaven's are about to open and, like, the lightning is going to strike me and stuff. I open it up. It's one sentence long. <laughs> Your CT scan is stable from last year.
1: Oh, God. No. They couldn't just tell you that on the phone?
4: <laughs> I know. Exactly. She couldn't just tell me that? He couldn't call me in person? I mean, come on. So that's when I was like, you know what? I'm not going to rush in there, you know? I'm going to take this. As, you know, I've been completely progression-free for, like, five years. I'm just going to take this as a sign that I'm all right for now. I'm just going to kind of get myself together.
1: Well, we were just talking with some of our guests on the show tonight, uh, Lily, and uh, we were talking, like, you know, you're kind of out of the woods when you get really pissed at FedEx. And that when the small, (laughs) stupid little things start to bother you every day, like a hangnail, like, why me, a hangnail? You know, then you're kind of out of the woods.
4: Yeah, you kind of, you know, you just get yourself worked up over nothing. It's like I'm so lucky,
2: lucky to be worked up over
4: nothing.
2: No. So, Lily, so, Lily, so you so can't even see it. Yeah, so, you, so you're over kind of worrying, which is a good thing, and sort of living in that fear. What about yeah. how conscious are you of your daily life, you know, day to day in terms of what you eat or take care of yourself? Are you in everybody, everything in moderation person? Are there certain ways that you uh, kind of amended your diet or exercise or no? Kind of fill us in.
4: Well, I kind of am one of those everything in moderation people, but one thing that I've really done to change myself is when when this all happened, I was living in Boston, but I was kind of transitioning to live on Cape Cod. When I was in Boston, I was just, it just wasn't for me. I'm not a city person, and I was getting really stressed, and I ended up with chronic hives. I know that's Hmm. really personal and weird, but... I was having a lot of problems. It's stupid cancer show. Really we no gotten, we've rate gotten rate. a lot
2: more personal and weirder than that. That's okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I just felt that I was, I was unhealthy for some reason, and I was yeah. going through these panics that, you know, there's something wrong with the cancer. My cancer's acting up or something, you know. Just those illogical concerns that you have when you, maybe you saw no progression with the cancer that you were diagnosed with, with for so long, you just start to think. Something else is going on with me Like that kind of a hypochondriac Oh yeah And I just, I decided to move out here I live on Cape Cod now I live in a really small town There are like 1,500 people who live in this town And there's tons of local food, you know Like you pick berries That's good,
2: I'm all for that There's all these local fishermen It's
4: really cool You can get your eggs here And all of your vegetables here And I think that's one of the biggest things Is eating foods that that not only make you happy and eating together with friends and having a, when it comes to the things that you put into your body, which, of course, are so important, the things that you eat, the things that you drink, I think that as long as you've eliminated the stress mm-hmm. of feeling food is supposed to be good for you, it's supposed to be fun and healthy, right?
2: Absolutely. I wouldn't right. want to stress good myself for you, out you, fun, and healthy. Like those are all yeah. <laughs> good things. Cupcakes, meat, all of those requirements. You know, I was going to say, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a... Big Mac
4: exactly yeah I, if I liked Big Macs I would probably give myself one now and then
1: it's So, we've well, we, we talked about this a lot what would you consider the, uh, the biggest stigmas you've faced as a college student in general let alone a college student facing a cancer which may be imperceptibly misunderstood by the general public more than others
4: you know I wouldn't say the general public I would because you know when you're at that age you're you're kind of used to being like a kid and that's how most people who are older than you maybe family members or something will treat would treat me you know like you're a little kid and they feel really bad for you but don't worry about it it's gonna be over it's okay you know but I think that the biggest problem was from my peers and you would think that your friends would be nice to you for getting cancer and a lot of my friends were great. But some of my, because I had just gotten to college, like, you know, when you're when you're a teenager and a young adult, you have a lot of upheaval in your life and you might not be settled someplace. And I think a lot of people go through that. I think the first friend that I decided to tell at college, the very first one, I, I sat him down, I said, look, you know, I went to the doctor today and he said that he has to do a biopsy, but he's pretty sure that this is thyroid cancer and not some kind of benign tumor or something got very huffy he wouldn't look at me he wouldn't talk to me so i'm like hey come on what's up it's gonna be okay and he says oh my god sorry i've never had a friend who had cancer before okay <laughs> he's so furious to wow. me okay awkward. Yeah, I, know. I think it's really funny i know so awkward but it's like the issue when you're so young like that is that your friends are young too you know they're kids too, and it's just because you don't get to be a kid anymore. Doesn't mean that they have to stop, you know.
2: Did you have any? Did cool. you see any kind of uh, therapist or seek seek out any kind of therapy at all when you were going through treatments or pre, or or post treatment? Not really.
4: Afterward, I sort of did, but I I I always had a hard time with that. But I actually did find a really good therapist about a year ago, and. And I, she helped me with something, what is this thing called that she does? It's where you, you think a thought and you, you look at a flashing light side to side. Oh, yeah. As you think through the thought. What's that called? ECM. I know what you're talking
2: about. This, say it yeah. again?
4: ECM. Elect- hmm.
2: Doesn't ring a ECM, bell, but I know it, but that doesn't concept, mean but you, anything. You
4: know what I mean? You, you yeah. process the thought. You think about a traumatic uh-huh. event and, you know, like you you say... I don't know, that something happened or you, you felt bad about the way that you acted or you I don't Did know, that felt work guilty for you? about mm-hmm. something. It actually worked really well. It helped really? me through a couple of things. Yeah, no, it was really great because at the end of it you, I felt really great and I felt like I came to a good conclusion that would stick with me. You know? So that's the only thing I ever found that helped. But you know, that didn't happen for years after this. You know? I definitely didn't have any I didn't have I thought a therapist, but I didn't have any success finding a therapist that could really help me for a long time.
2: Although you said that that that, that treatment specifically did help.
4: Yeah, it did. Yeah.
2: And where did the
1: absinthe come in in all of this?
4: Where did the what? Absinthe. The absinthe. Where did that come in? <laughs> The whole thing just drove me to drink.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, we, we met when you were probably, what, like in 06, like when you were a year out or you know, 07, I forget.
4: Yeah, no, I think I met you when I was less than a year out of this. Right. Because, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah, 06, 07 sounds about right for sure.
1: So you, you've you sort of been one of those interesting characters who've bared witness to the growth of the young adult world uh, through yes. us when back when we were called, I'm too young for this and now we're stupid. Cancer and groups like the... Young Adult Alliance and the Sam Fund, First Descent. Uh, what, what's your perspective? Because we're going to wrap in about a minute or two. What's your perspective as a young adult survivor, uh, being in the from from sort of both perspectives as an advocate and as someone who kind of like joined the movement by accident of your diagnosis after five and a half years. What, what do you what do you say to others like yourself? You know,
4: to others like my, I think movement has changed a lot actually. Uh, has changed or rather has changed the way people see cancer a lot. I think that many more young adult survivors are much more visible, and that really makes it easier. You know, when I say that I had cancer when I was 18, people don't really panic anymore. They say, I read the most fascinating book about this woman who had cancer when she was 20 or something, or, or they, they don't think of it as a stigmatizing factor so much. And I think that that's great, and I think that this really has a lot to do with it. Because things that young people do are important in the media, in social networking, in society. And I think that as long as an individual, every individual, who has to deal with something like this will keep fighting to say, I'm not a statistic, I'm not a number, I have an experience and it just belongs to me. I think that that both makes it more visible brings it the weight that it deserves, but in a personal way.
2: Absolutely. You know
4: what
2: I mean? Yeah. Well, Lily, we're really That's happy that I you think. came back on. your. You, this is your uh, trifecta, right? Your, yeah, yeah third I think nine. so, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: do you have a
1: blog that we can promote? What, are you writing anything these days?
4: Not right now. I'm working on a few things, but I'm not publishing them right now, but I'll let you know when I do.
1: Oh, please do. And, and uh, please do come visit us in New York one of these days.
4: Yeah, I'd love to see you.
1: And take I'm sorry care. I missed you in Boston last week, but take care of yourself. Oh, yeah, and thanks I know. Again. Thank you. Okay. Lily Mulcahy, everybody.
2: Thanks, Lily. Bye. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. All right. Here at Stupid Cancer, we promote and host hundreds of U.S. events each year and don't want you missing out on them. We're talking about financial webinars, fertility conferences, Hiking retreats, meetups, tweetups, road trips, concerts, and more. Hey, Kenny, where can people find out about all these awesome events?
5: All right, everybody, head over to events.stupidcancer.com. I'm doing this from memory. Matthew, I don't have the paperwork.
2: Head on over to events.stupidcancer.com, your one stop shop calendar for all our social and educational events nationwide. Something can be happening in your neck of the woods, and we don't want you missing out. What's going on, Kenny?
5: All right, this is the part that I could do without being jet lagged. <laughs> Thursday night. We're having a Super cancer happy hour in North Jersey As well as a Super cancer happy hour in Chicago Where Matthew, Allie Ward, myself, Johnny Immerman and many more will be in attendance uh, You should definitely come out for that if you're in the Chicago area Saturday night we have a Florida happy hour in the Gainesville area And finally Friday, October 5th, we have one in the Phoenix area Is that it? That's it Okay, well that's plenty what do you want me? I'll create some more. Just make some up right, right now. Okay.
2: It's official, it's official. Who's 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 telling everybody it's official? Apparently you. <laughs> okay. Well, we can read it together. The plane, the plane. We can read it and we can harmonize. It's official. Mark your calendars for OMG twenty thirteen. The sixth annual OMG Cancer Summit, April twenty fifth through twenty eighth, twenty thirteen at the Palms Casino in Las Vegas. That's April 25th through April 28th, four days of awesome at one of the largest gatherings of its kind in the world. Visit omg2013.org today and learn more about the OMG Players Club, an exciting way to earn travel reimbursement by fundraising omg2013.org.
1: All right, the Stupid Cancer Store, which I give Kenny complete ownership on, and I'm so proud of him, has over 14 (laughs) 14 awesome products for sale right now.
5: Wait, wait,
2: wait.
1: Does that mean we have 15 products? Why? Because you said we have
5: over 14 products. Yeah. So we have 15 products. <laughs> we have 15 So products. the next
2: 15 people <laughs> who go to the store will sell us out. Yes, exactly. No, we have only we 15, have 15 products
1: left for 15 sale. 15
2: different products, right? right.
1: Where wear stupid cancer, stupidcancerstore.org.
2: Pens, pins, stickers, lanyards. You- Tell the good folks that they can get. The Stupid Cancer Forums, moving right along, have over 2,500 members. This is your premier online community to connect with survivors, patients, parents, and caregivers just like you. Visit stupidcancerforums.com, sign up with one click through Facebook. And that that is your Stupid 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 Cancer Cancer News. News. I'm tired. I shouldn't say
1: that before introducing the three primary guests of the show. All right, Lisa, you're up.
2: Joanna Isbell is a four-year survivor of thyroid cancer. After two surgeries and three treatment doses of radioactive iodine, Joanna is still learning how to live side-by-side with cancer, aren't we all? She has a passion for learning how to use her cancer to help others and has been involved with Dear Thyroid since 2010, and she'll tell us all about that. All
1: right. Sherry Wonderlook is a 13-year thyroid cancer survivor for Psyca of the Thyroid Cancer Survivors Association. She directs Publications and outreach and coordinates early detection messages for Worldwide Thyroid Cancer Awareness Month. She also co directs the 15th International Thyroid Cancer Survivors Conference. And uh, Gary Bloom, the executive director, the big macha at FICA, the Thyroid Cancer Survivors Association, and a thyroid cancer survivor himself. He is an alumni. He is a long term young adult survivor. He co founded FICA and served as its founding board chair for more than eight years before being named executive director. Uh, he's also uh, 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 the uh, co-editor with two physician specialists of the reference book Thyroid Cancer: A Guide for Patients. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show uh, Sherry Wunderlook, Gary Bloom, and Joanna Isbill. the Thyroid Power Trio. Power Trio.
2: Good evening, folks.
6: Thanks so much for having me.
2: Good evening. Oh, Dad, thank thank you. you. Hi. Okay. Yeah. We have to identify the two females when they speak. You can say who you are. Right. I'm pretty
1: sure we can tell Gary from the two of them. Maybe. (laughs) My voice did change when I had
2: my surgery. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's just start with Gary right away because Gary is the the grand poo of FICA, I would love to just start briefly with your story. I, you, you felt so apologetic in your email that I was diagnosed with cancer as a young adult 20 years ago or whatever it was. You are a young adult survivor from the day you were diagnosed under 40, my friend. So and I'll be 40 in two years, and I'm looking forward to being an alumni of my own organization. Awesome. But yeah, I wasn't apologizing. I, I was uh, <laughs> questioning. Uh, I'm so old now.
3: Is it still permissible? I'm now past the <laughs> yeah. next decade. I'm hit, I've hit 50. And I, I, I am, look forward to being 50. I can't wait to be 50. It means I'll be alive. <laughs> I do. I do get excited every morning that I wake up and march this world. Um, I, I've uh, let's see. I was diagnosed in 1995. Uh, like Joanne, I went through a, f- a series of treatments. I had three different surgeries and five radioactive iodine treatments. That
2: was our year, uh, 1995. Sorry, Gary. Go ahead. We're all say, 95. No, right? that's
3: fine. Well, uh, the Mighty 95, it must have been a great year to uh, to, get <laughs> to get cancer and make, right. <laughs> make something wonderful of it, uh, to reach out and help our fellow man. Uh, I, uh, I'm i happy to say I've been disease-free since August of 1998 uh, and also extremely proud to be, have been part of Thyka from the very beginning and to continue to be part of leading Thyka forward with the uh with with every great effort to bring our message to more and more people to help more and more people
2: so gary what uh, ch- it's
3: a pleasure to be with you all again
2: excellent why don't yeah ch- Gary this
1: is sorry no. Gary's three time returning champion now three time as well three time returning champion to the t v cancer show
2: so for those who who have not heard you before, tell the good folks out They're there fortunate what, is the- <laughs> <laughs> what exactly is? PSYCA, the Thyroid Cancer Survivors Association describe that Tell, tell everybody about that. what you guys do?
3: Well PSYCA Th- Th- has uh, a number of services. We provide uh, support and education to people in we serve people in more than ninety six countries at this point. primarily wow. of course a- English would be um, you know our, our first language. We are working on actively working on translations to bring better information to people throughout the world. Uh, We provide our services through 12 online support groups, uh, as well as through Facebook, Twitter. And uh, we have more than 90 face-to-face support groups around the U.S. and one in Canada, Costa Rica, and the Philippines. Uh, We provide free information both through our uh, website as well as uh, through the mail. We do bulk mailings. Through physicians to get information to people uh, hopefully at the time of diagnosis to try to make this uh, experience, this journey that we all walk um, better because uh, we find ourselves in thyroid cancer being told if you have to get cancer this is the one to get Psych- part of Psycho's mission is to change that message and to help people actually deal with a cancer diagnosis instead of uh, being in a position of sort of uh, feeling demeaned by uh, being told they have good cancer, but rather we feel we have to live with a cancer that is life-impacting, and I'm sure Joanna will speak to that as well.
2: Absolutely. Additionally,
3: Psycho provides uh, webinars. In fact, we uh, hosted a webinar uh, this very afternoon. Uh, we provide a number of face-to-face seminars and workshops throughout the year, and of course, our big event is coming up next month, October 19th through 21st, in the Chicago, Illinois area. Our International Thyroid Cancer Survivors Conference. It's not too late for people to come join us. We have probably 35 medical specialists joining us, and about four to five hundred people will join us as well. Awesome. So that'll. I guess that'll be enough of me talking about guys, I'll step aside and let you talk to everyone else. <laughs> well,
2: let's have, so let's have Joanna, as you mentioned, jump in here, VP of Business Development and Strategy, and she also writes for uh, for Dear Thyroid. Uh, so tell us about Dear Thyroid and why Dear Thyroid, like Dear John, or, you know, is it because you, Dear Thyroid, I'm dumping you like Dear John? Tell us how that you came up with the name and what you guys do.
6: Yeah, it's exactly like a Dear John letter. Um, so, Katie Schwartz actually is the founder of Dear Thyroid and it is an online support forum for people with any kind of thyroid disease or thyroid cancer and what's really unique about it and what drew me into it um, is that each person who comes to our site has the opportunity to directly address their disease. Um, which sounds kind of weird to some people, but it allows us to kind of get that burden off of our shoulders and, and say what we really want to say. So the first time that I, I wrote a letter that was published on the site, I just talked directly to thyroid cancer and ju- and just kind of got those emotions off my chest. And that's what, um, what our main outreach is. Um, it's just to provide other survivors and other people dealing with thyroid disease an outlet to speak directly to their disease and connect with each other um, and, and find support with each other. And I also uh, I write a column called Life Redefined, and it's just about my experience with cancer, some of the issues that I face just as a young adult, and you know, going through school, dealing with uh, social issues, different things like that.
2: And, Cherry, let's get, uh, thanks, Joanna, for that. Let's have Cherry join in, who uh, works at uh, PSYCA uh, along with Gary.
0: Cherry, you're 13 years out. Are you still living with symptoms? Um, my main challenge, thank you very much for having this program. As you know, it's Thyroid Cancer Awareness Month, so this is a terrific timing. Uh, the main issue with me, since I'm fortunate to have had lots of testing through neck ultrasounds and blood testing has been my, my main form of testing. Right. But getting my dose adjusted of thyroid hormone replacement, because I, like Joanna and Gary, have no thyroid gland, that's an ongoing uh, challenge for us is getting our um, blood measurements and the, the corresponding dosage um, adjusted. So right now I'm due in for another blood test because my level wasn't right, my blood Test didn't come out quite right. Um, It was not indicative of cancer, but it was indicative that I needed an adjustment there because our thyroid levels affect very much how we feel on a day-to-day basis. Right. And were you starting to feel the effects of that? Um, I couldn't. I couldn't really tell. So I'm going to have a discussion with my with my doctor after we get another another test result to see if that was a, a chance results or whether I really do need a dose adjustment.
2: I see. So tell us also, because you're co-directing something called the 15th International Thyroid Cancer Survivors Conference. When is that and what's that all
0: about? Well, it's a huge annual conference with about 60 speakers and roundtable facilitators, about 100 sessions, and brings people from all around the United States. We already have people signed up from 31 states and and other uh, countries and a combination of uh, talks and Q&A sessions with very distinguished leading thyroid cancer specialists plus other specialists on coping and whether it's doctor-patient communications or stress management, coping with the fears that many of us have around our treatment and possible recurrence so it's 3 days of learning and sharing and like a giant support group as well as lots of education it's it's a wonderful uh weekend it'll be in Chicago uh this year October 19th through 21st as Gary said
2: right Gary did touch on that I'm sorry we were, we were <laughs> we did with all kinds of specialists there but the dates again are October we can let people know, October
0: 19th through 21st. There's lots of information on our website, www.thyca.org, THYCA, short for thyroid cancer. Can you throw
2: that up in the chat room?
1: And if I could just chime in and pimp out a little bit, I am FICA is really one of the organizations I, I love working with so much. They have been an early adopter of identifying unique issues in the young adult world and creating specific tracks in their conference for young adults. And uh, for the last uh, either year or two or three, I forget, we've had a lot of our, our constituents that we've helped promote our conference, and it, 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 it takes a lot of risk to look at an underserved patient population within an underserved patient population and deliver them value and community. And you guys have done an excellent job doing that, and we're really proud to be partnering with you again on the conference next month as well.
0: Thanks so much. Colleen O'Neill from Stupid Cancer is going to be coming and possibly another of your Representatives, we really appreciate it, and there will be a Friday evening uh happy hour in connection with the conference, especially for young adults as well as sessions uh most of the sessions are are really relevant for all ages, but we have some specially targeted to young adults so thanks so much for your partnering.
1: No, it's fantastic.
0: I was hoping um we can maybe
1: just start with Gary, you know because gary you've been you've been doing this for oh, more than a decade now uh what would you say? would be the most significant advancement in thyroid cancer, either awareness or perhaps both awareness and or research and or survivorship in the past 10 years? Uh,
3: uh, excellent question. I would say uh, the first thing that comes to mind when when you ask that is not so much an awareness thing as that the standard of care has changed. And I know that's not answering your question directly, but out of that comes the importance of awareness meaning that the doctors have really changed the way we're followed and the awareness comes as a result of that because we meet so many people who are treated by physicians who are not aware of the change in in care and so that has triggered I mean that keeps cherry busy on a daily basis that we're constantly sending out messages how to work with your physicians to make them aware of the medical guidelines that the doctors have produced um, to make sure that people know that uh, one of the ways we formerly were treated or uh, tested used a a small dose of radioactive iodine and now the standard of care is that you're not using that so we are working to try to get the message out don't get exposed to that extra dose of radiation if it's not necessary so that has triggered a wonderful mechanism for outreach on our part uh awareness uh for us comes from uh really the internet is so important to us because it allows us to reach people as i said in more than 96 countries uh so we're able to get our message out through the internet but we're very uh very committed to getting our message out through other channels so we work very closely with a number of doctors to try to get them to share our information uh either through their back office or through their front office. We work with them to have uh, meetings where we can pass out our information. And uh, we're very proud of the fact that we have, at this point, far in excess of 350 active volunteers who are constantly requesting materials to spread the message. Awareness. Always about awareness. We want to find people at the beginning of their journey. And if we can't find them then, we want them later, whenever we can, because uh, this is not a journey we want people to take alone.
1: Well, which brings me to the question dovetailing, and I want to get back to Joanne in a second about the impact of your thyroid. But in terms of, uh, maybe this is for Cherry, uh, th- this idea of, oh, it's the good cancer to get. If you're going to have cancer, get this one. Has there been any change in that in the last couple of years? Have you guys been a part of any messaging strategies or working with any of the doctor groups out there to perhaps you know take that language out of the consciousness of the engagement with the doctors, it, it, has there been any shift in in the perception of thyroid cancer in the medical community where they, they say that perhaps a little less than they used to to newly diagnosed people?
0: Um, the, the short answer is yes. I'm glad to say, especially among the specialists, uh, none of our, the specialists or our 34 medical advisors and the others that we work with would call thyroid cancer a good cancer because they know... When it's found early, it usually is very highly treatable. But there's some thyroid cancers that are extremely aggressive and difficult to treat. And even when it's treatable, it's incredibly life-disrupting. It can can be extremely expensive and very very stressful. So there's no. Uh, so we're trying to get the message out to all doctors as well as the message of early detection when it really is uh, treatable hope that helps. We have a, a brand-new handout, actually, on our website. The headline, Thyroid Cancer is Not a Good Cancer, with some of these details.
1: Right, and it's part of our manifesto.
3: Matthew. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, if you don't mind me chiming in. Sure. Uh, I just returned uh, last night from the American Thyroid Association meeting, which was held in Quebec uh, this past week. Uh, they, they represent thyroid cancer specialists from all over the U.S. and throughout the world. And they expressly, through the, their members, some of whom are advisors, or many of them are advisors, they actually use that statement as part of some of the uh, different sessions they hold. Please don't refer to this as good cancer or the cancer to get. So we've worked very hard with members who are advisors uh, to realize that they need to also be a front line attack against that kind of thinking so that when someone is diagnosed with cancer, they don't hear, oh, honey, if you have to get cancer, this is the one to get, uh, which nobody should ever hear, of course. So the doctors are now passing that message along, too, and not just to us as patients, but to their peers. So that is a huge step forward in the fight to eradicate that horrible
1: message. Yeah, horrible indeed. Uh, Going back to Joanna, dear can you talk a little about, uh, the impact that thyroid has had. Like, how do you engage patients? What's the message? And uh, the community that that it has engendered. It, it's very passionate. You don't see this kind of passion in in, um, in, in many of the disease markets. Uh, but I I gotta commend. Like, we have a huge outcrop in the uh, chat room tonight. There's a lot of chatter on Twitter and Facebook about tonight's show. Uh, you, you guys clearly are. Uh, you have like a cult following. It's pretty cool.
6: Yeah, I know we definitely have some um, community members in the chat room tonight, which is awesome. Um, So just to kind of piggyback off off, off what Gary and Cherry were just talking about, um, the message that we have been receiving that, you know, doctors and other people telling us that we have a good cancer, um, it it really is frustrating. And Dear Thyroid is addressing that by trying to, empower patients. That's a lot of what we do, is to tell our community members um, to not accept that and, and to just teach them and encourage them to stand up against that and say, you know what, actually it's not a good cancer and there's no such thing as a good cancer and these are the things that I have to deal with. Because what people don't realize is that after the treatment's over, after the surgery's over, we still have to adjust to a new life as all cancer survivors do, Um, but without having a thyroid, our whole metabolism is changed. And and so we just try to rally around our community and give them the best uh, support that we can so that they can go back to their doctors. And you know what? Sometimes we tell them, if your doctor continues to tell you that you have the good cancer, you have the easy cancer, it's time to find a new doctor. Um, I'm fortunate enough that none of my doctors have ever told me that I have the good cancer. And actually, uh, I walked into my doctor's office, and he had the, the treatment guidelines from um, Psyca already sitting on his desk. So I'm fortunate that I have one of those doctors who already has that mindset that I don't have a good cancer, that there's no such thing.
2: One of the things I actually um, love about, uh, about uh, your site, Joanne, on Dear Thyroid is it gets pretty, pretty creative in terms of um, kind of arts ag- advocacy and writing. I'm a writer myself, so I love this this area that you have called Thylet, which if you were going to be kind of racy, you could, you know, would be T H I G H. But no, as a Thyroid, uh, it's Thylet. Talk about, can you sort of talk about how you, I mean, you, you write yourself, you have a, a column and a, and a separate blog I see as well. Um, what kind of submissions, submission, uh, excuse me. Submissions do you get, and how do people sort of express themselves in your community through through the arts?
6: The most common uh, submissions that we get are the dear thyroid letters, um, yeah. but we also do. Um, Different things. We'll have, you know, poetry week um, where we have people submit thyroid poetry, or um, we have one that we call haikus um, where we have people submit haikus um, that center <laughs> around, you know, the thyroid thyroid theme haikus. Um, and then we also have some a few community members that like to um, take popular songs and and rewrite them, change the lyrics up um, to make them thyroid friendly. So, we really get all different kinds of submissions, and we accept any kind of submission, really. Um, if you, anything that you want to get off your chest about thyroid cancer, thyroid disease, if you're a family member of somebody who's going through thyroid cancer, we welcome your story as well. Um, because Katie is a writer, that's her career, and uh, writing is one of my passions, and we just know how cathartic it is. And so, we just want to give other people the opportunity for that healing that comes from writing.
2: Yes, it's fun with th- thyroid cancer. I love the creative twist on it too. Beyond your uh, your dear thyroid letters, getting everything off your chest.
1: Well, that's the, that's the thing. Like you guys are very innovative in the way you engage your stakeholders and the way you you empower them and give them cool, kitschy, non-standard ways to engage the the greater good and the greater movement. It's it's like I said, it, it's cultish and it's a, in a good way because I think that stupid cancer is a little cultish too. You kind of yeah. have to be a little weird to log onto a radio show on a Monday night when you'd rather probably be watching. How H- House is off the air. I'm really old. Whatever's on the air now, whatever JJ J. Abrams' Absolutely. Lost sequel is now, should be on Fox tonight.
2: Well, sometimes we lose out to The Bachelor.
1: The Bachelor, yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, but, actually, uh, but I'm watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kenny's <laughs> on his Hulu account watching The Bachelor. Uh, but in, in 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 all that truth, you guys really have a very engaged and extremely engaged community. And, you know, if the stigma really is, oh, it's just thyroid cancer, I think you guys are doing a really great job at trying to and, and succeeding at building that larger message. It's it's my hope that, you know, people stop getting told that's the good cancer because we see this happening in Hodgkin's. They're like, oh, it's a good thing it's Hodgkin's and not, not Hodgkin's. That's the good one to get. You know, it, it, we, I just really hope there's going to be some change in that. But we have a, a question from the chat room here. Um, I have to find it, of course, of course it 's scrolling by so quickly. um maybe Kenny, you can help me out and find the question. um which yeah, uh, one are you referring to Oh, uh, there was a bunch of them. just pick one because it 's scrolling by so quickly um anyway i'll just I'll just throw a uh, a a uh what what kind of response have you gotten uh from the conference, and how has that changed over the last uh couple of years you, obviously your your the attendance is growing, the number of speakers is growing, but what impact has the conference really had?
3: You want to start, Sherry? Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, What impact has it had? Uh, It's the spreading of awareness. Uh, As you can imagine, a lot of people uh, don't live in uh, the areas of centers of excellence. And one of the great messages that comes out of the conference is here are doctors who are considered experts in the field, and they are here. to create a connection to our community such that uh, they will take phone calls from people who don't live near centers of excellence. They'll take the phone calls from those people's physicians to act as phone consultants as the doctors excuse me, who don't see as much thyroid cancer are treating their one or two patients so that the, the spread of knowledge is not just happening uh, by virtue of doctors who go to meetings, but it's happening by virtue of us as patients um, creating greater awareness of who we see and how many patients some of our doctors see versus how few thyroid cancer patients some of the other doctors see. So it's created a greater community, both for the patients, but also for the patients as they interact with their physicians. Uh, I feel that it's very empowering uh, for people. Rather than hearing, oh, if you can't go to see someone at, I won't name one of the centers of excellence, uh, the implication is that you're in a dire straits. No. Your doctor has a phone. Make that connection. Maybe you do need to go for a second opinion. But that phone conversation between your physician and that expert can really help uh, create a better treatment plan for the for that person. And uh, we're very proud to bring that connection together.
1: Okay, uh, we That's found one of questions. my favorite points. Well, and then that's, that's exactly what I was hoping to get from you because that the, the idea of, uh, I was just talking to somebody today about this, like the idea of awareness for cancer can be very easily dismissed. Oh, I know cancer exists, but there's a subtle tactile issue in there where it, you can know it exists, but you really don't understand what you can do about it. And when you're facing something as challenging as an actual diagnosis yourself, how do you remember in that moment what it is that you're supposed to do or ask for or who you can connect to uh, when you need that critical support? Anyway, I found the question from the chat room. Um, Do you lose your hair during RAI?
6: Well, I'll I'll step in and answer that since I've had treatment doses multiple times. No, you do not lose your hair. Um, some thyroid patients do, um, talk about losing their hair, but it's because they're hypothyroid, and that's a symptom of being hypothyroid is your hair falling out. Um, but it's not like um, a lot of the chemotherapies where you lose your hair is a side effect.
4: Well, that's I love my hair for age reasons. <laughs>
2: You're here for other reasons, Gary?
3: Aging reasons.
2: Aging reasons, right. Gary, tell us about the book. And stress of children. And so you were co-editor. Who are the physicians you wrote the book with, and where can can folks get a copy of the Thyroid Cancer Guide for Patients?
3: Absolutely. Well, we'll start with the the most important question. Where can they get the book? Uh, Go right to the psycho website and look for the tab reference book or put in reference book into the search box. box and it'll bring you right to uh, the information about the book including an order form. Uh, the book was the, I would say, the brainchild of doctors Douglas Van Nostrand, who's a nuclear medicine doctor, and Len- Leonard Wartowski, who's an endocrine uh, doctor, endocrinologist. Uh, both of them are from the Washington Hospital Center. However, the book is not the product of the Washington Hospital Center. They had uh, 40 specialists contribute to the book. And I'm sorry, Cherry, can you pipe in with how many different institutions are represented in the book? Uh,
0: and uh, yeah, as you read through the contents which are in the um, <clears throat> on the website, uh, you see lots of centers of excellence, and there are uh, excerpts from the book by some of the specialists, which include past presidents of the American Thyroid Association and other uh, leaders in all the different multi-specialties involved in thyroid cancer care.
3: But it was very important to uh, Wartofsky and Van Nostrand that the book truly be the work of doctors from around the country and actually outside of the U.S. So uh, it's not as though this is one man or two people's uh, input on thyroid cancer. Uh, It it is truly a reference book. It's not a read cover-to-cover book, uh, but, of course, I'm biased, so uh, I will say it's a very helpful resource. And uh, I'm very proud to be part of it.
2: Excellent. Uh, but well, we, sorry, Gary, to cut you off. We, well, we, yeah, we have to wrap on the show, unfortunately. We could talk to you guys. You are a wealth of information, all three of you. But I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Thyca's website actually has information translated into Chinese and Japanese for thyroid
0: cancer. I don't think I've ever
2: seen that before.
0: And the Chinese section is quite extensive, and the Japanese section is is uh, growing in and in and in in Espanol as well. But how exactly. did you?
2: That's 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 fascinating. You click it and there it all is in Chinese and Japanese for our uh, Chinese and Japanese friends. We have a uh, a radiation oncologist here from South Korea, so it's, it's uh, an international night and, and spreading spreading the good word across the globe. So anyway, we applaud all three of you and thank you so much uh, for being on the show.
3: Thanks so Thank much for you. having Thank me. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Very helpful. Thank show. you
3: for making this forum available for
1: everyone. No, and this is our our, this is our annual date, September of every year. You guys are always welcome to be on the Stupid Cancer Show in uh, recognition of National Thyroid Cancer Awareness Month. Wonderful.
0: International.
1: International. international. Worldwide. Global, international, universal, every galaxy in the universe uh, thyroid cancer <laughs> awareness experience.
2: All right, Joanna Isbill from G- Dear Thyroid and Cherry Wunderlich and Gary Bloom from FICA. You Thanks guys, to all three. Take
1: care, you guys. Good luck with the Thank conference. Thank you, all. Thank you. Thank
3: you. Take care. See you soon.
1: Okay. And that is tonight's show. Um, we get a thumbs up from the crowd? Yeah? All right. Okay. We get a nod from the intern. <laughs> so yeah, you did all right. For my first night here, I'll allow you to think I like you. <laughs> anyway, all right, well, that is tonight's show, and now it is time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internet. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, my goo. you've done it again. That was so terrible. I think you gave me cancer.
2: All right, everybody. That is tonight's show, number 238. We hope you had as much fun as we did. choking a stick at Stupid Cancer. I'd
1: like to thank Kenny Kane, our interns, Tim and Kim on our inaugural Stupid Cancer Show broadcast. Special institute studio guests, Karen Rain, Mark Jason, and Max Silk. And our live guests tonight, Joanna Isville, Shelley Wendell, like Gary Bloom, and the lovely and talented Lily Mulcahy.
2: All right, where's my script, Matthew? Next week's Come show. Out. Next have- week's show is, there it is, Stupid Breast Cancer. With a special focus on African-American and Latina young women, joining us will be Tarsha White-Jones, registered nurse, teacher, Ph.D. student, cancer researcher of young African-American breast cancer patients, Pamela Cromwell, young adult survivor of breast cancer and founder of Pink for Pam. Our good friend, Mylette Lopez, young adult breast cancer survivor and the founder of IHadCancer.com. And in the spotlight, Barbara Musser, founder and CEO of Sexy After Cancer.
1: Okay, if you've missed any of our past, shows. Download them all for free anytime on iTunes at iTunes.StupidCancer.org or check out the archives anytime at StupidCancerShow.org Remember folks, if it ain't stupid, it ain't cancer. Live from the chemo deck on behalf of Lisa Bernhardt and myself our whole team here at the uh, Stupid Cancer Show. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next Monday live at 7pm our new time. time, 7pm next week. Thanks everybody. Good night. Good
2: night i to my whole nation. Keeping up the People like to uh, the